The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Salutations, possums, and I just wanted to say hello to the passel out there. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys so much. And, uh, hey, we're really close to football season. I can taste it right now. In fact, Linda Lyons tweeted out today that all girls really want is tailgating a football game on a crisp fall day. My only thing to add to that is that is all guys want, too. Um, at least this guy, and I'm sure you guys uh, – all feel the same way. So before we get going today, we had a great show planned for you. Head on over to Sleeper. You co use code POSSUM to get a $100 match when you make a deposit on their picks game. Thankfully, Texas supports picks, and I travel there twice a month. So if you're in the Dallas area, holler, and we can strategize our picks for the week. I would love to meet y'all. Uh, the Passel was in full force this weekend at the Fantasy Football Expo. Josh Billy and I had a wonderful time, and I think we should take a minute just to reminisce about all the wonderful people um you know great things happen when you put really good brains in a room and uh yeah so before we get into the expo uh, today we have one of our favorite segments stayaways and layaways for your fantasy season guys that we are avoiding in our dress and guys we are stashing on our benches that will make some noise later in the season josh billy what's up i i just want to as you're talking about reflecting on the expo, I just want to like talk about how like welcoming everyone is, whether, you know, you have one follower on Twitter or 40,000. My favorite from even last year and this year is just going up to someone chatting with them be like, Hey man, we should follow each other on Twitter. And they're like, yeah, man, I don't know. I think I have like 400, 500 followers. I don't know at this point, it's not great. It's not, you know, I'm not a Twitter person. That's Billy. He's in charge of the socials as I told everyone over the weekend. Uh, but no, just like, I'll, I'll start following someone I'm like, oh, you have like 40,000 followers. You're like kind of a big deal at this. And like, they're like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then we just continue having a normal ass conversation. And I think that was the best part about the expo is just meeting these guys who, whether I knew them or not, and whether they they have a lot of followers or not, they were, everybody was just super welcoming. And that's what I just love about the Fantasy Football Expo and just being able to chat and talk fantasy football openly. I think my wife's tired of hearing me talk about everything fantasy football and the season hasn't even started yet. So it's just really nice to be around like-minded folk. Uh, and I just, it was just such a ball. And I do have to throw out Curtis Patrick, a uh, phenomenal uh, bags player, carried us to the, the semifinals. Uh, I wish I could have done better, but honestly, it just wasn't the day for me. So uh, next year, yeah. going back in full force. It was a fun time for all. Uh, shout, big shout out to the Pharaoh Analytics guys for hopping on our flag football team, helping us uh, get to the fourth place in the flag football tournament. Um, I don't know if anybody won the weekend quite like the Offensive Points podcast did. Fourth in the flag football, second in the bags tournament. If anybody of, of us had played poker, our third place in the bags tournament. Had any of us played the poker, we probably could have done damage in that as well. I, I mean, guys, I, th I feel like we kind of won the weekend. I mean, I feel like it's ranked Andy Barron's shirts 
and then us. Like if we had to rank, maybe we're just under that. But overall, I feel like we had a fantastic weekend. And don't downplay yeah. Joe in the Kings Classic IDP division, the Dick Buckets division. So I mean, it was yeah. just we were we were everywhere, man. Like people people knew us whether it was good or bad. I remember I couldn't tell you how many people came up to me the second day and I was like, "Hey, I'm Josh Allen." Like, yeah, we met last night. And I go, "Whoops." <laughs> Hopefully that was a pleasant experience for everyone. Yeah, for sure. We partied pretty hard on Friday night. Yep. Yeah. I finally found out what it's like to have, you know, kids. I was like, okay, this is kind of like wrangling you two in for the night. That's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, Joe is in the Kings Classic, which is just amazing. And he's wearing his shirt. He's like a made man now. Like, we're kind of still like the underlings trying to work our way up to the mob in the mob family. Well, Joe's now a made man. He can't be touched. But me and Josh maybe still could get bumped off. Joe is now made. He can't be touched. So that is very exciting to have him a part of the podcast as well. Everybody, as soon as I saw Joe in his Kings Classic shirt, it's like, oh, whoa, hey, whoa, we're, we're talking to somebody right now, which was uh, just hilarious because, yeah, you know, Joe's Green, such a humble person too. Green shirt's got to be a lot nicer white shirt or should I say yellow shirt? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Gold it's yellow shirt now, bitch. I've been – I've been uh, upgraded, but no, that was a dream of mine forever. And that was one of the best things ever. Gary Davenport actually got me into IDP when I was listening on Sirius XM one time and I pitched it. You guys were like, hell yeah, let's do it in the league. And next thing you know, I'm drafting with them. Uh, it seems like it was a flash in the pan, but so excited to see how the league works out. It was a great draft. Those guys are pros um, <clears throat> on there. So it was fun. It was fun. Great and shout out to uh, Andy Barons. He was a recurring theme of this entire weekend. It's kind of crazy that our weekends kept intersecting with Andy Barons' weekend, but hey, I'm super happy that our podcast can somehow interject ourselves into his life throughout the entire weekend. I still cannot believe I convinced him uh, drunkenly and accidentally to move Nick Chubb up in his rankings. The The whole option was to move him down because I have a Yahoo draft in a couple weeks and I'm looking forward to getting Nick Chubb at a discount in the late first round. And this man goes, what? I don't have him high enough? Okay, bet. And moved him up to number two and then inevitably moved him up to number one after I was like, hey man, that was funny, but like, stop. And he's like, oh, you want me to go over Jefferson? But then he did actually have a, a number one pick in the Kings Classic, uh, whatever, whichever division he was in, and ended up taking JJ. So if that says anything, it's still JJ at number one in case anyone randomly stumbled upon Yahoo rankings for the eight hours that it was Nick Chubb at number one for Barons and was thinking, what the hell? It was my fault. Hey, John. I apologize. Josh, but guess what? People don't. It what? didn't play the sound People clip. It's People don't forget. People don't forget. Because we, we have screenshots, and those will live on forever, Andy Barons. You will not escape us having a Nick Chubb over Justin Jefferson rank because that is you know, Watch Nick Chubb finishes 1-1 in fantasy this year, and Andy's just – I will literally post that screenshot and be like, Andy knew it before all of us. I think that you have to if that does happen because that would – you know, who would guess something like that would happen? All right, let's talk about a little bit of news before we get into our stayaways and layaways. Uh, we had some, we finally have some signings. Thank God they were right before. Well, Joe's draft happened with Kings Classic, but the rest of most people's fantasy football drafts are still going to kick off here in the next week and a half or so. Um, so let's just start off with the first one that happened, which was Zeke Elliott signed with Ramondre or with Ramondre Stevenson. Might as well have. He signed with the Patriots uh, for a one-year deal. Uh, just instant impact, guys. What are you doing with Ramondre? Is this a 
move them up the board, move them down the board, kind of stay the same. What do you guys think? I think, I think it, it absolutely hits him. It's the delay, yeah. Josh. It's the delay. I got the internet it's guy fun. coming out eventually here. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think you have to bump Ramondre down. It's Zeke Elliott. He's He impressed the hell out of the Patriots crew. He's going to get you those short yardage downs. That's what he thrived in in Dallas late in his career. So I think Ramondre really wasn't a touchdown guy anyway, and now we're going to see less of that. So probably not going to take away much in the passing game, but. I think I was about to say the exact same thing. The problem is Ezekiel Elliott is a touchdown ball hawk. He's going to get touchdowns. He got 12 last year, and it didn't even seem like he had a good year. So, I mean, he's going to steal some touchdowns. It is really unfortunate. I think we were hoping that this was Stevenson proved that he can be a running back one on the team and be the running back on the team after Damian Harris went down. But now Zeke is there, and he is going to poach some some carries. So, I, honestly, I, I do feel bad for all Stevenson stockholders, a.k.a. Billy's entire roster in every league that he's in. But at the same time, it's not going to make Stevenson not worthy. Like He's still going to be the between-the-20s guy. He's still going to get touchdowns. Just because Zeke poaches some, you're going to be pretty pissed off when Zeke does poach one from you. But at the same time, it does not mean Stevenson is dead in the water. Stevenson's still a great running back. This is Honestly, what this year is going to look like was what last year was supposed to look like with Harris, except personally, I think Zeke is better than Harris. So therefore, you're going to have a little bit more. Uh, I, I think it's more of just a safety valve for the Patriots because they didn't have any strong candidates behind uh, Stevenson. Yes, Jody, we made that joke all fucking weekend and had to do it again. But yeah, no, I mean, it's I it de- definitely bumps him down a few slots, but I think it's less than some of the overreactions that are happening on Twitter right now. As a Stevenson, uh, you know, purveyor, I actually is this didn't bother me as much as it would have bothered me had it been Fournette or Cook. Um, I do think this hurts the overall ceiling, but I do not think it harms his floor. I still think you're going to get kind of what you were looking at. It's just, is he going to be able to make that leap into the the next level up? No, there's there's just no way because I think Zeke will have like. 400 yards and 12 touchdowns, whereas Ramondre might have, you know, 1,100 yards combined, or he may be even just rushing in, you know, two or 300 passing. I don't think it's going to hurt him as far as like where he can go, but it's not, it's going to make him not a first round pick, which if people drafted early enough, that's what he was going in like best ball and stuff. So I'm not overall worried. I mean, his, his touchdowns were down last year. I wish they were better last year. They're both really good pass blockers. I, I'm I'm not as concerned as I would have been had it been if it'd been Dalvin Cook, I would have been devastated. That would have been the the death blow to Ramondre. I do want to get back to this 400 yards for Zeke. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be more like six to 800. Um, I don't think he gets the 200 carries he's had in every single year he's ever played. But I do think that what he does with it is valuable. As we saw with Stevenson last year, that that offensive line is actually pretty damn good for at least run block. I don't know if it's Mac Jones that's the problem or if there's bad pass blockers on that team. But uh, Zeke is going to get some work. And I think he does have standalone value in leagues. I don't think that – I don't know where his draft stock is. It's probably too high. Uh, but I do think Zeke should He's be He's still over 100, like in the 100s. Oh, okay. I think that's great. That's right where he should be. And I would love yeah. to have him on my team as a – whether it's a handcuff or a, hey, man, let's get my Mike Tolbert action in and let me get that last touchdown or the, give me that touchdown this week. 12 in a year, I mean, obviously a lot more carries last year, but 12 in a year last year, uh, I would see I would see eight easily here. And honestly, just seeing what this team can do, we're going we're gonna to find out, honestly, more so than anything. But I, I am 
I'm I, I love Stevenson still. I'm not dropping him down too much, but five to ten easily around would be a great way to drop him down if he's still going at his draft stock. What third round, or early third, late second? I'm not taking him there, but in the fourth, I am thinking about it still. But Zeke, yeah, I think I think third round, third rounds about what he's at, like after the the Zeke signing. That's still a little high, personally. I and think fourth Stevenson round would be still had two or sorry four fumbles last year two of them were pretty bad i can remember off the top of my head so this could be belichick saying hey in pre- in situations zeke's going to be in there so it's definitely something to monitor uh as the season kicks off possible we'll see what happens i mean week one will be very telling we'll, we'll know pretty much right away what to do here um i again if you're going into drafts i still this does not mean you need to draft Zeke any higher than the 10th round. I would say let's just let's not get crazy. I know he's a name. A lot of people love names, but don't make that mistake. All right. Before he was saying he was going earlier than that. That's true. Yeah. Well, saying don't make that mistake. Um, all right. Listen on to the other, other signing, which is Dalvin Cook to the Jets, which is a Big red flag in the Brees Hall department, but guys, what do you? I mean, we'll get into Brees Hall's value when we get into stayaways and layaways. But overall, what's the the overall arching thing about this Jets signing? No comment. Uh, I'm going to wait for Joe to talk about him. Uh, but we got we got 20 minutes, and we'll talk about him. Maybe less. I agree with Josh. I plead the fifth. No comment. F I F fifth. What do you think? Buddy? I do have. I do have a feeling that this was – I mean, we'll get into, like, the stats and everything. I do think this was an Aaron Rodgers deal. I think Aaron Rodgers, when he reworked his contract, was kind of hoping for something like this. So, I think that's maybe what spurred this signing. But, again, we'll get into more of how this affects – or has affected Brees Hall's value and what his actual value will be here in a second. So, without further ado, don't think we have any more news to cover Let's hop into stayaways and layaways. Joe, we're going to get out of the way and let you present your first player. Okay, well, I was going to do another guy first, but I'll hop to Brees. Um, this one's going to be pretty short. I love Brees Hall. Last year, I was absolutely banging the drum to draft him early, and it looked like it worked for a while. And then he, the lovely ACL injury, um, feel horrible for the guy, but we all know that running backs take a lot of time to return to form after this type of injury. We will be having a special guest on next week to really dive into this. Um, but as of right now, Brees looks healthy, feels healthy. says already, these are all great things, but then they had Dalvin cook. Tell me the man is declining. You can make that argument. You can do that all you want, but Aaron Rodgers has seen this dude play for years. And then you get the news the news report the other day that Brees feels great, but mentally he's still afraid to make certain cuts and he gets soreness while running normal things when you have an ACL injury or any injury at all. But then I was in two underdog drafts yesterday and he went in the third round and the fourth round early fourth. And then I saw Steffi Smalls had a draft where he went in the third round and I'm, I'm sorry, but Dalvin going to eat. Uh, if you want Brees on your team, you're going to have to reach for him and reaching on injured guys with stud, dudes playing in the backfield with him is not a way to win fantasy football. So until Brees gets a major course, ADP, I am absolutely staying away from him. 
Yeah. So this is why I didn't want to talk about it because I just wanted to give Joe his, his day. But I 100% agree with Joe. I am not drafting Brees Hall. I have him in one dynasty league uh, that drafted a couple weeks ago, and I'm pretty disappointed in it now, obviously. Uh, but this really says more about Brees than it does Dalvin Cook. I don't know who on Twitter or on the internet is talking about how Dalvin Cook lost a step uh, just because he doesn't get 16, 13 touchdowns anymore. You want to know why? Because Justin Jefferson's on the team. He gets the touchdowns. He gets all the plays. Like, Dalvin Cook looks exactly the same. Sure, he's 28 years old. I'm surprised Joe's not just like, nope, it's still Brees Hall. He's younger. But really, this had to, they, they signed Dalvin Cook, sure, because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wants to put this team together and everything. And that's probably true. But it really comes down to they don't know what Brees Hall is yet. We don't know what coming off an ACL. We do know what coming off an ACL can do. It can be bad. It can be good. It can be okay. A good's probably a stretch. But really, what it comes down to is Brees Hall's not ready. And this had nothing to do with Michael Carter. This had nothing to do with Abanaconda that I can't pronounce. This had nothing to do with anyone else on this team. It had to do with Brees Hall not being ready yet. This is a one-year deal, so do not sell Brees Hall in Dynasty. You are selling at an all-time low. That's dumb. But in reality, like, Dalvin Cook is the running back on this team now. Like, Brees Hall, sure, he can come back. They might ease him back into it. It might be a crazy backfield that Brees Hall actually can come back and be fully healthy. And then in which case, I want either of them. But it's Dalvin Cook. Dynasty should be trying to acquire Brees Hall right now. Hundred percent. That is the way to play. You this. are not wrong about that. Yeah, he's in. They're both in. You know, Brees Hall's in a good buy window right now. I would actually float something out for Dalvin Cook as well. I think you're going to get a good if you're on a I'm going for the championship this year kind of team. I do think Dalvin Cook provides a, a nice floor for you to get into right now. Maybe for not so you know, maybe a cheap because I don't think the person that has him you know, probably is kind of banking on his value to be higher, which it's not going to be as high as it's been in the past. Look, I mean, their their O-line is the problem, and Aaron Rodgers wants to go into the season. He doesn't know if he's going to have Brees Hall. He does not want to trust Michael Carter or Izzy Abaconda or Ty Johnson or any of these other guys in that backfield. He wants to know that the running back they have in the backfield, if it's not going to be Brees Hall, is going to be somebody who knows how to pass block, and that is why you bring in a guy like, Dalvin Cook, who knows how to do that exactly for Kirk Cousins, and now he's going to do it for Aaron Rodgers. I think this is a pretty well beat down of Brees Hall's value. Joe's dead on. This is a stay away at current ADP. You just don't want any piece of this backfield. But if you do get a piece, I think Cook is ironically the answer to the question, not Hall. 100%. Really knocked it out of the park with that one, guys. Yeah, well, we're all very, very much on this page. So uh, I'm just going to hop right into the next guy unless we want to beat the dead horse here, uh, which is Bruce Hall, RIP, brother. Um, All right, well, I'm just going to hop right on into Christian Watson. Um, Now, this one seems personally obvious to me, but yet I keep seeing Watson consistently go in the fourth and fifth round in pro drafts and in uh, home drafts and in mock drafts and everything else in between. Uh, and it doesn't make literal any sense to me. I, I've said it once and I'll say it again. His four-week stretch was nothing more than a, just a giant outlier. On the majority of those touchdowns between week 10 and 13, it was Aaron Rodgers finding him wide open after 10 seconds of waiting in the pocket. And it's like, oh, well, he's just standing in the end zone. I'll throw it right to him. It literally could have been anyone catching the majority of those touchdowns. Now, I'm not saying none of those, none of the plays that he did were skill or him being good. But a lot of those touchdowns were freebies, to say the least. Uh, and in case you don't know, Rodgers is not there anymore. And this wide receiver room has really only gotten more crowded. So uh, personally, I don't hate love. I feel like there's a lot of hate going on about him. Like, he's not going to be it. He can't be it. They're going to suck, blah, 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 blah. I think he's getting written off just a little bit too soon. But 
I, I don't know who Love is going to target in this the most in this offense. Sure, Watson's the biggest guy. I understand why he's the highly most highly coveted uh, wide receiver. And that four week stretch is the only thing that people are are hanging their hats on. Well, he had eight touchdowns in four games, so uh, you know he's going to be the guy. But we're talking fourth, fifth round for a wide receiver, or the twelfth round or later for Dubs or Reed, who's coming in essentially free in a draft. And you could take Watson's four game stretch and pretend that it was just anything more than dumb luck and burn a fifth round or fourth round pick on a wide receiver when you could literally build your team so much better than that. I just would rather take the dubs is going, I think in the like free round and Reed is going in the 12th round. So like, I just don't get it. I, I, I can't, I can't buy that right now. Aaron Jones is the only person on green Bay that's worth drafting in the first five rounds. I agree with you, but but I do like Christian Watson's skill. Um, the touchdowns, something happened last year where he really started to come on. Again, I agree with you about the Jordan Love thing, but at his current ADP, I don't really mind it. He's going to wide receiver 26. I think people are drafting him earlier just because of the name, and Packers players tend to get overdrafted anyway. But in that range, you got McLaurin, Drake London, Christian Watson, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett. If you believe in Watson, you think that Christian Watson's going to keep doing it. Personally, I'm neutral on it. I wouldn't mind having him on my team at the right price. Definitely not going to reach for him. You could definitely make the case to me that, you know, Terry McLaurin, I'd probably like him more personally. You could make the case to me that you'd rather have Christian Watson there. So he is the number one on this team. I know Dubs has been shown out in training camp and uh, Jaden Reed. I love, he's got the slot lockdown, but until we see how this offense really shakes out, I'm not going to write him off just yet. Yeah. I, I, think I mean, if, oh, go ahead, Bill. No, I was just going to go on off of that. I just, I agree. I don't know if Christian Watson's going to get necessarily the volume to make him fantasy relevant. I do like a lot of these players on this team. And I think we just don't know what Jordan love kind of the kind of quarterback Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers really liked to use his number one a lot. Like that was his whole thing. It was Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, like all throughout the line. And then he would sprinkle in other guys like Randall Cobb and whatnot. We don't know what Jordan Love's going to be. He did look good in that first preseason game. I'll give him the credit there. I still want to see it in an actual NFL football game where they're actually trying, but same time, we don't know. I, I like dubs. Musgraves got a chance this year. We got, uh, targets that are going to be siphoned off by Aaron Jones. You got Christian Watson. Jaden Reed's going to make his presence felt. So we don't know what mouth is going to get fed, and we don't know at what volume they're going to get fed. Had you did you know Christian Watson is going to be the number one? If you knew that going in, then you would be comfortable taking him in the Terry McLaurin range. But without knowing, you're just kind of hoping for the best right now, and that's kind of a scary place to be in um, when you're going into a fantasy draft. Uh, if you're in a, if you're in one league. Uh, writing Christian Watson off is probably fine. I, I'm in a ton of leagues this year, and I will probably have taking. I'll, I'll end up taking shots on Christian Watson just to diversify and get a piece of the action with him. Yeah, and I, I mean, I I know that you're probably going off uh, underdog rankings, but currently going above in on, on Fantasy Pros. Currently going above Jerry Judy, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Hopkins. I, <laughs> I can't do any of those guys. We talk about slips to the sixth, seventh round. Sure. I, I'm okay with it. That's a gamble. You know what I mean? A sixth, seventh round is more of a, I feel a little bit better because I have five picks already. 
uh, and pretty much sealed off maybe at least two wide receivers, if not three already. So I just, I don't, I, you can't just give a four game stretch and say, that's what he's going to be. You know what I mean? Especially with a potentially inaccurate quarterback or a new quarterback who's trying to figure out like loves fighting for his life right now. Like he's two years away from a contract year. He has to make this work. Uh, so, I mean, you could play that argument of, well, he's got Christian Watson and he was really good those four weeks. So maybe he'll just feed him. The targets just weren't there for him last year. They made some big plays. There were some good, there were some really talented plays there. But there are a lot of plays that were just standing in the end zone. Hey, I'm over here. Throw to me. So I don't know. Just to me, that's a stay away, uh, especially at his current ADP. So I agree. All right. On to the red flag of all red flags. I'm going to talk about my first stay away, and that is Jonathan Taylor. You know in the movie Titanic when they see the large white object off in the distance and they're headed straight for it and they're like, the hell is that? It's a gigantic iceberg, and that is exactly what you're going for when you have Jonathan Taylor on your team. He's still going in, if you're in a 12-team league, he's still going in the second round. That ADP is free-falling right now. I just don't want to be the one stuck holding the bag. This is like GameStop stop, like or stock. When you had it, when it was really fun and cute to be involved, it was fun. But then when everybody started selling and then you were left holding like a whole lot of GameStop shares, didn't make any sense. That's the same thing with Jonathan Taylor. He clearly does not want to be there. He's left training camp again um, after coming back for a couple of days, practicing and then leaving again with a personal matter that is excused uh, by the team. So it's not an unexcused absence. Um, I, I just don't love the Jonathan Taylor experience, how, it, how it's shaping up to look this year. And on top of everything, if we want to get to the actual offense itself, Anthony Richardson's going to be stealing every touchdown from like the one, from the five. You're really only going to have to hope Jonathan Taylor catches balls out of the backfield or that he runs one in from 20 yards out. And even then, I think you might still be in Anthony Richardson territory. I just don't want to be part of this, this guy this year. And Frankly, like unless you're Anthony Richardson himself or whoever he deems is his number one target on the uh, Colts, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want any part of this offense. So I don't know. I'm nervous. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to play this year. He might, but even then, I think we're talking weeks into the season. I, I really do. I actually have to disagree with you on this one, Bill. Um, I actually am pretty excited about Jonathan Taylor's ADP free falling. He is on his last year of his rookie contract. I am super excited about him falling into the second or third round. Um, he's going to play. I don't know what this personal matter is. This could actually be a really serious thing. Uh, we know that him and Ursay have traded blows on Twitter and Ursay keeps kicking him while he's down, which is personally, in my opinion, the dumbest fucking thing. He literally already ate his fucking uh, whatever bullshit Sunday and came back. And then came in and Ursay kicks him while he's down on Twitter. Yeah, that's what I thought, bitch. Essentially. I mean, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. But Jonathan Taylor is a is a beast. I understand Anthony Richardson's going to steal some rushing yards. I do not think that they use I don't think anyone uses a quarterback like the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts last year. There's no I'm gonna throw this guy out here and we're gonna run from the one. Jonathan Taylor, especially when you have Jonathan Taylor on your team, you're not you're not doing that, especially if you don't care about Jonathan Taylor's health. You're going to throw him on the dog pile every fucking play. Jonathan Taylor is going to get his if he plays, which it appears that he's going to. I mean, obviously, I'm if I'm drafting next weekend. I want to see him come back to camp. But Jonathan Taylor is a, a beast, had a ha lingering injury all last year, uh, and it obviously looks bad on paper. And I think that that paired with this contract dispute makes him look like a huge red flag. But I personally think 
He's they're going to work him into the ground. And Jonathan Taylor, there's no option behind Jonathan. Yeah, I um I agree with Josh here. I'm going to disagree with Billy 100. Uh, a little bit of a homer pick in the Kings Classic. I got him late third round. So praying to God it's a move that helps me win that league. But I do think that Jim Irsay is a wild man. Um, has no business NFL team. Um, but Chris Ballard is very intelligent as GM, and I think that he is going to make sure that Jonathan Taylor is paid at least something this year uh, just to get him back on the field because you have a rookie quarterback going in. You have unproven wide receivers here. You know, tight ends or whatever. Uh, if this team is going to be competitive, it's because of Jonathan Taylor, uh, and I truly believe that. And I think the Colts deep down know that, and they will get him involved. Hey, take Jim Mersey's Twitter away. It would be nice for them to start doing it then. I mean, why wait this long? Why piss him off more just to reel him back in? Like, I think he's dug in even more now than he was a, like a week and a half ago when they could have easily fixed this with signing a bullshit deal where all the money was deferred. They could have done that with a large signing bonus up front. They could have fixed this a week and a half ago. They didn't want to. They want to be, I don't know. I, Chris Ballard could have fixed this over the summer if he really wanted to. Um, and he didn't. I don't think, to be fair, I don't think they knew what the running back market was going to turn into at that point. I think they thought there was some, there was some unhappy, there was some chirping at the time. It wasn't, it wasn't what it was three weeks ago. And then everything blew up. And then Jim Ursa, I don't know what he is doing, but it is the dumbest move in the world. I'm sorry, but you do not have Patrick Mahomes. You do not have Tom Brady. You are not winning football games without Jonathan Taylor. Like you're an idiot. Like I understand Richardson's talent is going to be great, but you know what you're going to get yeah. is, what Justin Fields did last year without a running back. So you're going to get three, four wins. I mean, you're going to be happy with that. Maybe you'll get Marvin Harrison. Sure. That'd be your best case scenario. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe this is the tank. They definitely would be happy with that. And then you mentioned like work him into the ground. If he doesn't want to, then he's not going to like, they can put him out there and call a run play every play. If he doesn't want to do it, I don't he's think still, he's going to do it. He's still playing like, for a contract next year, regardless. Yeah, he has I, to Jonathan play Taylor, but not with this Jonathan team. Taylor has not made enough money. I think your two options are: he shows up, he gets paid, he plays, or he gets traded, and he's playing for a team. We know what trade traded is the best case scenario here. If he gets traded, maybe that's I'm what this wrong. personal he, matter. He's not about. a stay away. If if it's, if he gets traded, he's not a stay away. If he's on the Colts week one. I do not want any part of this. I do not want to see what links he's willing to go to to prove a point. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see what point or how far Jim Irsay wants to take it. Like, I don't want to see either. I just don't want any part of it. I don't know. Just not me this year. I'll come back around next year when we have this all sorted out. Let's just add some more fuel to the fire and talk about my second layaway or stay away. My apologies. Do not lay this man away. And it's Josh Jacobs. And this is the guy who is actually potentially not going to play this season. Um, Josh Jacobs has made strides and has not been active on anything internet-wise since August 3rd. And that was him basically thanking the NFL for putting him in the top 100. Josh Jacobs is the lead of the running back resistance. Uh, I'm personally not drafting this man anywhere unless I hear a murmur of his return, which we do not have. At least we have that from Jonathan Taylor at the moment. Uh, he left town in a hurry at the midst of all this running back dilemma. And the Raiders, even if he is here, are not looking like an uber competitive team this year with Garoppolo, 
Devontae Adams pretty unhappy. Like, this whole team is unhappy. Like, that's what happens when you rip a team away from their hometown. That's beside the point, Oakland Homer coming out of me. Uh, but honestly, the way they treated Carr last year is evidence enough of me to leave this one alone. Uh, there's no begging for Josh Jacobs to come back. Now, it could change in a hurry if Jake Jacobs kisses and makes up with the organization. And at that point, feel free to disregard everything I'm saying here. But at the moment, we haven't heard a lick from him. And I have nothing to no person in my in their right mind is going to convince me that Josh Jacobs is going to play the season. Maybe himself, whenever he says, I'm back, I'm sorry, listen, I, I'm pissed off. This running back shit is awful. Um, and honestly, everything we saw from him last year was nothing short of amazing. But until we see him, literally, physically see him, that second round pick is far too valuable to burn on a guy who is, I don't know, currently burnt out and showed no, shows no signs of playing. So that's the guy I'm staying away from. Obviously, being the number one running back in fantasy football last year, coming back to this and wanting uh, wanting some money, the number one running back in in football and wanting a contract. Man, that's so absurd. I can't believe that he would do that. Uh, I This is the person that you don't touch. Where, where is he right now? Can you guys tell me what country he's in, what city he's in? I can't. Uh, he's, he's wherever Billy was. Bangladesh. There you go. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is a much safer bet, in my opinion, than Josh Jacobs. I personally, like, I, 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 I'm the complete opposite. I, I think Josh Jacobs will be back, like, pretty soon. I think before the season starts. We did the same thing offseason. He came back and he was the RB1. thing about Josh Jacobs is they're not, there's no public breakup. There's no public outcry. Like, the GM is still very confident that they're going to get a deal done before the season starts. Like, this one I am not worried about. Um, and if he signs, he gets $10 million if they rework a contract. He gets that too because he hasn't signed the tender yet, so they can still negotiate. I, I believe. Um, I, I'm not worried at all. Uh, Josh Jacobs will be back. I am overly joyed to plug the Kings Classic draft as many times as possible, but he went in the sixth round in that draft, which is just wild. And I think at that point, I am very happy to take a shot on Josh Jacobs. It just depends at his current ADP. People are, have a lot of faith in it. Um, it's worrisome, but at a certain point, it becomes the value. So yeah, oh, 100%. If he goes to the sixth yeah. round, I'm just talking about his current ADP in the literal second round, potentially end of first round in some drafts. Like I've seen Jacobs go everywhere at this point. And if he slips to the third, fourth round, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable about taking that role in the dice on it. It just has Melvin Gordon written all over it to me right now. Like I, I, I see this happening and it's, yeah, it stinks, Billy. I know it stinks and I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. I saw you waving your hand, but no, I mean, I honestly, know, there's a bug flying around. Ah, you're fine. But honestly, just like, I, I don't, Melvin Gordon did this whole thing with the Chargers. He held out, and then he came back later, and then he just didn't look right. Like, I don't know what Josh Jacobs is doing right now. He might be smoking peyote in the desert for all we know at the moment on a, the retreat with uh, Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. Just to me, at his current ADP, I can't do it. I have a couple drafts coming up that I'm excited about, and I have a feeling Josh Jacobs will not be on that roster. Yeah. Rodgers and Sauce have the best handshake, by the way. Weed smoking one. I love it. It is a good one. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump into my stay away. Uh, It's DK Metcalf. Um, I got saying these are not guys that I dislike. I love DK Metcalf. He is a, but at his current price, wide receiver 16 going 29th overall. I'm avoiding it like the plague. Um, Just to start off, we have Metcalf. He finishes wide receiver 16 last year, three spots ahead of him. We have Tyler Lockett who finishes wide receiver 13. It's a great season by those fellas. Round of applause. 
And then we add in Geno Smith, who had a career re- renaissance and finished with 4,200 passing yards, 572 attempts, 70% completion percentage. Um, finishing his QB5, he had 100%, 100 passer rating, and then he won his way right back into our hearts. Geno Smith was a great story. And then we had Ken Walker, who had a great rookie season, um, an improved offensive line this year, and a healthy Noah fan. So what is not to like here? Well, Gino was insanely efficient last year, having almost 150 less pass attempts than Tom Brady and Justin Herbert. Metcalf had a career high in targets, receptions, and yards, but a career low in touchdowns. And then we add in the selection of JSN in the first and Zach Charbonnet in the second. JSN was an absolute monster in college, and for his one healthy season, he was a baller. And in training camp, he has dropped one ball in 25 practices, is virtually uncoverable, according to NFL veterans, and is just so silky smooth running those routes. I beg you to get on Twitter, watch those routes he's running. It is awesome. So ding on that. And then we look at the Charbonnet pickup insurance behind Ken Walker. No, they want to get back to the ground and pound offense. Gino had more pass attempts last year than Russell Wilson ever had in a Seahawks uniform. So another ding for me. And then we have a pretty big bitch of a schedule that the best secondaries in the NFL, another ding. And lastly, the Seahawks ran 11 personnel, 70% of the time. So you're going to see Lockett, JSN and Metcalf on the field a lot. I love DK, but I will be taking Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 28 and JSN at wide receiver 38 if I want a piece of this offense. Where he is going right now is ahead of Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. I'd rather have both of them than DK. DeAndre Hopkins, especially with the Traylon Burks injury, I'd rather have than DK Metcalf. Chris Godwin, probably about even. And then we have Jerry Judy and DJ Moore, both of them who I would rather have over DK Metcalf as well. So I am avoiding DK Metcalf like the plague. I was wondering where you're going with this DK Metcalf thing. And you don't have me quite officially convinced because this one was the one I was like, blasphemy. I fucking love DK Metcalf. 140 targets last year. He looked fucking phenomenal. I understand the JSN. I figured that's what you were going to focus on. But honestly, right after Devontae Smith at wide receiver 15, it's a cliff. And Metcalf's right at that cliff. And I'd rather, like you said, there's Ridley Moore. Uh, Jerry Judy, Keenan Allen, T- uh, Terry McLaurin. I mean, they're all in the same boat, kind of. I mean, a little bit different. More of the number one on a shitty team. And then Metcalf, number one of three. as like a 1A, 1B, 1C, potentially. So I get the logic there. And the the, the price tag for Lockett's phenomenal. In our home league, I got him at what? Like the eighth, ninth round? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. free position. I think everyone just assumes JSN is going to take over Lockett's position. It's Metcalf and it's JSN. I don't think that's the case. I did. I do think it's all three of them. I do think uh, Metcalf still gets his personally. I don't think that it's a, oh, he's gone. I don't think the target share of 140 will be there, but it'll still be 100. I mean, it's DK Metcalf. He's the biggest guy on the field. The The touchdown dip is what gets me last year is if Gino in his career year could not get him those 10 to eight touchdowns, what is he going to do this year with more options? I mean, the Charbonnet and JSM pickups are worse. Honestly, I kind of want to stay away from this whole offense, except for like the late rounds, you know, like paying high money yeah. for this. Like I, it's the same way I feel about Ken Walker that you feel about DK Metcalf. And I, they're both valid points is they just signed a new guy, man. Like how do they feel yeah. about him? I mean, Metcalf's going to be on the team for the years to come, obviously, but I just, that wide receiver 17 is a bit steep. So I, I agree and disagree with you respectfully. Thank you. Yeah, um, 
my my only opinion of DK Metcalf is I feel like every team that goes running back, running back is going to end up with DK Metcalf. I think every build of a team where you see DK Metcalf on it, it's going to be they win a running back in the first round, they went around and got a running back in the second round, and then the third round, they're like, ah, DK Metcalf. That That's what team he's going to end up on roster construction-wise. I don't think anybody who's a – savvy wide receiver entrepreneur is going to go after DK Metcalf, but I think he's going to end up on plenty of teams where they are scrambling. The sad thing is, is that's, you just, you just said my drafts. So uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go wide receiver, wide receiver now. That's, that's what, that's what, I mean, that's what <laughs> it is. Nobody, who, avoid nobody who's a wide receiver Hawk is going for DK Metcalf, but the running back, running back crew, they they're DK fans. I don't know though. DK Metcalf as your wide receiver three would be pretty cool, but I don't think most people are doing wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. It's usually a tight end. Use your third wide receiver all day because those spike weeks are going to win you weeks. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, but the problem is is we saw it last year with the the two point games, the five point games. uh, As if you watch this on YouTube, you'll see that. But like, there's more of those coming or just more. I honestly almost feel like DK Metcalf is going to end up being that consistent guy, the 12 points instead of the 30 points. I feel like the big plays are going to go to the fast guys. JSN is obviously going to have a lot of catches throughout the year. Probably. I mean, we don't know what this team is going to be. And I think that's the biggest fear factor on this is you have five offensive weapons. Not to mention even no fans still on the team. I mean, I'm not saying he's fancy relevant, but he's still going to be catching balls out there. So. Safe floor, not such a high ceiling, I feel like, probably. Correct, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, DK is still the alpha. There's no denying that. He's a freak of freaking nature. But If there's going to be a bad year, it's this year. It's going to be a team effort on the whole team. So, yeah, we shall see. I'm, I'm kind of just scared of this team as a whole and any of their players on my on my roster. So yeah, I, like, I like Charbonnet. I like JSN. I like Lockett. I'm Charbonnet. pretty much avoiding the rest of that team. But that's because you're getting. Gino's the a good it's value. not because you yeah, like Gino's them. Gino's a good not... value right now. That's also yeah, it's, the val- it's it's just the value. Well, yeah, Gino's I would rather just free. invest in Gino. I'm, I feel like What's I'm going up? to now. Yeah. All right, Josh. Are we we hopping into the the layaways? Oh wait, I have a stay away. Oop, my bad. Um, my stay away to end off is Debo Samuel. For the San Francisco 49ers, uh, look, he had a really good pop year two years ago. Last year came crashing back down to earth. And you can go out there and say, like, it was the quarterback situation. And I agree with you. And guess what? The quarterback situation is still – it's it's not bad with Brock Purdy. There is, I think, a higher floor for Debo Samuel than last year because it was so all over the place. But I still am not like overly excited about this offense, and I still think it runs through Christian McCaffrey. I think the Kittle-McCaffrey duo is going to be soaking up a lot of the targets. I think where you're going to get Brandon Ayuk right now is just an absolute – that is who you want off of this team right now. You're going to get great value, and he's going to he's going to get probably the same amount of targets as Debo, and you're probably going to get him four or five rounds later, and that can't happen. Like, I know Debo's kind of dipped down. I think everybody's kind of wising up a little bit to it. But they're still going to be in your home drafts. There's still going to be a guy that remembers what he did two years ago. And I'm just telling you, do not fall for it. Do not go for it in the fourth round. You're going to be using a pick on a player that's not going to do the rushing thing. How fun that was to you. That's not, none of that's going to happen anymore. It would take injuries and devastating ones at that to get back to that point. And it's just not worth 
betting on that very early in your draft. Yeah, my biggest thing with Debo is his value tanked the second Christian McCaffrey joined the team. Uh, obviously, we didn't have the 30, like the two years ago, we got the 30, 40 point games from Debo. He was running the ball. He was catching the ball. He was doing all, he was lining up all everywhere. But the thing is, is right when McCaffrey joined that team, Debo did not, he he was not consistent anymore. The consistency went right out the window. I personally think Debo's gonna be okay. I don't think, like, just don't envision that 1,400 yards. I I, I assume they're going to probably try to transfer him back to a regular receiver, which is what they should do, but they're still going to be. The problem is, is they tried to use Mitchell still last year to keep McCaffrey healthy. They used Debo in the run game still whenever McCaffrey came, but it wasn't consistent that year that he had the run that he had uh, two years ago, like literal the run that he had the way he was playing was just a weird mix. And it was just amazing. But that that's gone. That's gone. Like and McCaffrey's on the team. Kittle's there still. We got, we got Ayuk as an actual true receiver. Debo's kind of like that weapon. He's basically the Taysom Hill of San Francisco. I, I'm, I'm scared to draft him at his current ADP. I personally don't dislike him. I think there's a chance that he does turn into an actual good player. But until I see it, I, I can't draft him. He's literally going one pick above DK Metcalf. I'd rather have him. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's back to the ADP. I think Debo is going to be... He's going to Debo. I mean, his injury coincided pretty closely with Purdy starting last year, so they only had a couple of games together. I think an offseason of practice, um, obviously Purdy is just now getting back, but maybe we see some chemistry develop there. Um, and, you know, even with your Ayuk point, where he's going right now, I really like it. I do see him being the wide receiver one, the true wide receiver on this team. But we don't know what Purdy and Debo can actually be together yet. And it kind of scares me off of AEC too. And then you add Kittle and McCaffrey and, you know, whatever else. It's not Richie James this year. It'll be somebody else. But there's always something going on with this team that makes me worried about their wide receivers in general. And, I I mean, there's a chance that Debo kind of bounces back to what we saw him be. It's just at his ADP, I'm not taking that shot. 100%, as Billy would say. 100%. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Well, getting into some actual, we've just talked shit on like half of the football league. Let's talk some, let's talk some happy news. Um, so happy news. Happy news. So these are some guys you can get later in the draft, later than they should be, or, you know, super fucking late and probably free and probably sitting on your free agent wire if you're not in a dynasty league, because more than likely everyone's owned. That's uh, we're going to talk about. But 
my guy is Michael Pittman. And there's been a lot of hate on Michael Pittman. And personally, this is a no-brainer to me. Uh, I'm not really quite quite sure why everyone hates him, but he ended up with 99 catches for 900 yards last season on one of the worst passing offenses in the league. Uh, he dropped from wide receiver 17 to wide receiver 20 uh, with, in my opinion, even worse quarterback play, even though the yards doesn't show it. Uh, but while he's being drafted at wide receiver 34 is a bit beyond me. Um, yes, I understand Richard's raw. He's a mobile quarterback, but why would his slot receiver take a dip? Uh, if this was a, if this was Deshaun Jackson in his prime, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know if Pittman could throw that deep ball. Uh, but Pittman is going to be Richardson's bread and butter over the middle of the season. Uh, in my opinion, will probably have the best year of his career, which has only been, you know, two good years so far. Uh, but Colts currently have the third easiest strength of schedule this year. And Richardson is already named the starter. And to keep that starting job, he needs to win games. I'm not saying that the Colts are, you know, going to bench Richardson by any means, but if he goes out and loses seven straight games, they're going to look at it like Malik Willis did last year, which is a little bit different scenario because he was the backup, but they will, they will bench Richardson. If he plays like shit, that, that team and that cry, that town is not going to let Richardson run around and have fun without throwing the ball. Uh, as you know, all these GMs keep proving by not paying the running backs. Uh, you don't win games without pa a pass offense. So Richardson may still be a little wild, but I personally think Pittman is the way of him getting easy yards and getting those yards after the catch. And I am super excited about Pittman. His ADP currently uh, way past that dip we talked about at wide receiver 35. You're getting guys like Pickens, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis in this range. You're getting the number one wide receiver on a team with a new quarterback who is going to develop this with this. And I'm not saying Alec Pierce and Josh Downs aren't going to get theirs. And I can understand if you want to buy them instead of buying Michael Pittman, but I think you're dumb because I, I love Alec Pierce, but he played a few games and Josh Downs hasn't played an NFL snap yet. So I can't believe you just call me dumb, Josh. Sorry, Joe. Jeez. Jeez. Well, this isn't no, one man, of those. I love Pittman, dude. I've been a Pittman truther his whole career. I love him. Richardson's going to kill it with him. He's going to be awesome. Yeah, this isn't one of those, oh, I'd rather wait a couple rounds or wait six rounds and draft the stud on the team. This is the stud on the team. I mean, you can grab Alec Pierce in the last round of the draft and hope and hope and wait. And I do, I agree you should do that if you didn't get Pittman or, you know, Josh Downs and hope that his rookie year turns out good. But at the moment, uh, two, two 1,000 yard years in a row, essentially. Um, and I mean, the touchdowns aren't there, but it's because he's a slot guy. He's not the jump ball guy, even though he should be 6'4. I don't understand why he's the slot guy. It makes no sense for me. I do feel like people are going to be drafting Michael Pittman as a flex player to potentially their wide receiver too. I don't know if this is necessarily a stash, but I mean, I do appreciate you bringing him up because I think he's being overlooked by a lot of people. Yeah. He definitely needs to be highlighted. Uh, he He's going to have a great year. Um, I'm just going to jump into my next layaway. I switch it up on you guys a little bit. It was actually Alec Pierce and Josh called me dumb for this um <laughs> just now so i think uh i mean alec pierce is wide receiver 67 guys you're you're picking him up your last pick of the draft you're just keeping him on your bench i think his skill set goes very well with anthony richardson's skill set we've seen it in camp a couple times uh we've seen the highlights of the deep ball to alec pierce i think in the preseason game they had one they just missed on so it'll be it's alec pierce is a guy that i am loving getting his like wide receiver six and hoping he develops into more of like that Deshaun Jackson type of player. I'm not saying he is Deshaun Jackson, 
But if he, if you have to put him in on Thanksgiving Day when you're drunk and your whole team's injured, and he puts up two touchdowns in the buck fifty, you'll be very happy. And I think that's the type of player he is. Alec Pierce is a draft king. Like he is literally the draft king of draft kings because he is one of those guys you can get for the four thousand nine hundred dollars you're trying to fill out your roster. Need a flex player that's going to fit that. Alec Pierce is a perfect guy for that. I do like the idea of stashing him on your bench though for later, just in case this offense shakes out differently than we might think. Um, actually, Anthony Richardson's number one wide receiver last year, if you can call him that, was six four, six five. So he is into those taller guys. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is a, a decent stash, even though you might be an idiot for it, Joe. I apologize, Joe. I did forget that you had Alec Pierce on there. It was, it was not a personal I didn't have Alec Pierce. I changed it because I, I was going into the JSN <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, I think I'm out on Seattle completely. So, Jeez. Sir, Billy, what do you got, man? What do you want, what do you want to talk okay, about? Well, I was going to put Josh Downs, but you're calling me a name. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have him. <laughs> um, all right. I'll get into my first one, and it is Devin a chain from Miami. Look, you know who has been the real winner of these signings so far? Devin a chain. He is not going to get usurped by Dalvin Cook. We're not going to have a suspicious Zeke Elliott flying down there. Leonard Fournette is still haunt, you know, out there haunting someone. We don't know who it's going to be just yet, but I have a feeling it's not going to be Miami. Look, guys, the thing is Raheem Mostert does not last the entire season. It just doesn't work out that way. And I do believe that Jeff Wilson is going to probably be the starter at the beginning of camp, but I think you can get Devin a chain just late enough in that 11th, 12th round, maybe even later, uh, depending on how your draft's going, because not a lot of people's heard of the rookies yet. I think you can get a good value on him right now, and I think by the end of the season, Devin a chain is going to be the number one in this offense. I do think Mike McDaniel is going to love having a guy, a gadget like this on the team behind you know with Tua now you know the, the floor is capped a little bit or the ceiling's capped because still got Waddle still got uh Tyreek but I think Devin Chain could work his way into this offense and be a very very integral part of it I actually oh. I, I I originally when I was thinking about doing this I meant to just say all of the white all of the running backs for Miami because they were completely untouched by these two signings so far and honestly pick one a chain's definitely number one they're all like running back 40 plus all in like the same little block. Cause nobody knows what the fuck's going to happen. And I love everything about it. I personally love Mostert. I love Jeff Wilson. They, they're both been super efficient with the ball. Obviously that, that team spreads the field really well with Tyree kill and Waddle running around out there. And if two is fully healthy, which we, you know, we hope maybe we'll hear about that next week with our uh, special guest. But at the moment, I just, I want one of these running backs. I don't care who it is. I want one of these as my running back five, I'm keeping him on the bench for the first three weeks. See how this running back backfield shapes up. I think a, a chain is going to be more of the, you know, week four. So do not drop him. If you draft him, like, I mean, it might not be week one, just like, just know that it might be most certain. He might run for 20 for 180, and you'd be like, ah, shit, I don't need him anymore. No, 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 you do. Because this team is can change in a heartbeat and a chain is the most valuable pass catcher and running back combo on this team. So super excited about this guy. Yeah, he really is a definition of a layaway. I, I love Devin and Change. I mean, really just for the PPR aspect, if nothing else. I love late in the draft getting that guy that, you know, has the opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to, but has the opportunity to catch five, six balls a game. Six balls for 40 yards is 10 points, guys. And if you're putting him in your flex in a pinch, that's money right there. 
Plus, he's the fastest human alive, and I love everything about it. I really it's thought he was going to break the uh, 40 record, but he didn't. I was very surprised by that. I don't know if anyone can ever break that in the future. Well, I kind of feel bad because my layaway or my my layaways aren't really like what you're looking for, Bill. Uh, we really need to define what we're talking about here, but I, I'm going to just talk about him anyway because I've just seen too much of this guy just go unpicked or picked stupid late for a guy who has the talent and in my opinion, the starting job. So, and that is Khalil Herbert. Um, and this personally has nothing to do with his, his play in the first preseason game that everybody saw and everybody's thinking about. I actually hate that, that happened, uh, but it does help my case. So I don't know at this point with the talent and understanding of the team fields, look for check down several times last year, leading to commits tight end seven last year, which he's tight end 17 at the moment, which makes no fucking sense. But that's all that's beside the point. This isn't that this isn't that pod. We'll get there soon. Uh, this year, the running backs are going to be looked at early and often in the passing game. If that wasn't uh, made a point during the first preseason game and no Herbert was, and is, you know, not looking as a pass catching running back, but that doesn't mean he cannot catch the ball. Me and Joe had a long, in-depth conversation, maybe a little drunk during the expo, about how why is a running back looked at as a non-pass-catching guy? They literally play catch all goddamn day. Like, they can catch footballs. Just because he was not thrown to does not mean he cannot run. Anyway, back to the point. Currently, the 32nd running back taken in fantasy drafts and well into the seventh or eighth round, you can't ask for a better opportunity for a breakout. And this is perfect for those wide receiver uh, heavy drafts, the zero RB, as people call it. Uh, and yes, Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman are on the roster. And yes, Montgomery had more carries than Herbert last year. The efficiency in which Herbert utilized his touches last year to the tune of 5.6 yards per touch and the familiarity with the playbook gives him the upper hand in being the running back one on this team. And in the small sample size that Herbert had the backfield to himself when Monty was down, Herbert had a minimum of 18 carries and over 100 yards in several of those games. He is the lead running back in this backfield until he performs poorly. Like he does not, and he already showed, hey, look, I'm that guy. And with the boost to the offensive line and what you guys did in the offseason to Chicago, this team looks poised to keep a strong run game throughout the year, whether it be Justin Fields, Herbert. Uh, and then these other guys and Roshan Johnson's a rookie. Let's calm down. I, I want to see it too. Someone offered me a straight up trade for Herbert and Roshan. And I, I had the Herbert side. And I'm like, why would I do that? We'll talk about that yeah. next year. No, you got the good call. And, and really at this point, this guy is kind of a layaway because no one's really thinking about him. I, mm -hmm. people were watching that preseason game because he is, he's no longer going as wide receiver 32 or wherever he was. His ADP Running is at. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but, you know, I was in a couple drafts. I saw him go very, very early, um, sixth round. People are talking about watching pros. Khalil Herbert. And we lost Joe. But let's just say he says everything nice about Khalil Herbert. Okay, well, I'll go into my Khalil Herbert point. Um, I, I actually think you're – I think this fits the criteria of a layaway as well. I okay, think a lot good. of people didn't uh, – are, are not quite on who is going to be the starter there, but I don't think we need to get cute. I think it's Khalil Herbert. I know they brought in Dante Foreman. I know they drafted Roshan Johnson. Maybe those guys make an impact down the line, but I think at least to start, it's Khalil Herbert's job with those guys just kind of coming in on, you know, third downs and maybe to get at the end of games if, you know, whatever the case may be. But I think 
If you're, you're in a PPR league, Khalil Herbert's the guy that you want in this offense. I think dead on. Perfect I think, answer to the question. Yeah, I think the issue with Herbert is people look at the stats that Herbert had at last year, which was, I don't know what, 400, 500 yards rushing, uh, yeah. 700, my bad. And then they look at, um, not Dearness Johnson, I always do this, Deontay Foreman's stats, and they're like, man, he had 800 yards on the Carolina Panthers. Most of that was garbage, just like, hey, man, we're not fucking doing anything this year. Just go ahead and run the ball. If you don't remember, they uh, ended up with the second pick overall before they traded up for Bryce Young. There's a reason <clears throat> of that. I mean, uh, Curly Herbert, yeah, you can see the same concept. They ended up with the first overall, but Herbert was the backup and got 700 yards with the five yards per carry. I just think that for some reason he is just like completely overlooked, and I, I do not understand it personally, but sorry, I got a little hot. I, I honestly like thought I messed up the assignment, but – I did switch to the Pittman take because I had a whole uh, Twitter beef going on with a couple people and me and a, another Eagles fan, Joe Pepe out there. were just grinding on that Pittman take. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, people are going to always be worried about Justin Fields running the ball, but I mean, the thing of it is Justin Fields cannot run as much as he did last season, this season. It's just not sustainable. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't even run like that last year. His were like design run, like, design runs that Shane Steichen came up with most of Justin Fields runs. It felt like the, the actually was a probably going to be a pass play, but it ended up breaking down to where he could take off and run. So I don't think that they can count on that to happen. They've got to use, utilize the running backs they have. And Khalil Herbert is that guy. 100%. What do you got okay, for a layaway, Joe? Or I was about to say, I guess, I guess we, we don't have Joe. on since Joe is vanished into thin air. Um, all right, I'm just going to bring him up. His name's A.T. Perry, and he plays for the New Orleans Saints. He did play with the second team in the first preseason game, so I will, you know, we do have to ding him for that. But he was spectacular in that preseason game, catching multiple passes from Jameis Winston, including a 29-yard touchdown. I mean, he looked like he needs to be out there right now. And the thing of it is, who believes in Michael Thomas? I mean, how many times are we going to fall for this over and over again? You know, I know. And the thing of, yeah, exactly. But the, the thing is, is like, we keep believing in Michael Thomas and we did actually see him play in the first preseason game, but Lord only knows if he's actually going to play this entire season. So when they do need to turn to a second wide receiver, or maybe even if they try to do three wide receiver sets, A.T. Perry might be, be able to find his way out there. He's a massive target at six, five, um, I think that this guy could be something in that offense. I don't think he's going to take anything away from Chris Olave or Michael Thomas if they're healthy. But if one of them isn't, wink, wink, Michael Thomas, I think A.T. Perry could be a guy. And he's free right now, completely free on this roster. I think he's going to have a good chance to get his, you know, get worked into this offense somehow. Well, and also Rashid, Rahid Shahid is not that guy. I'm sorry. We've seen this so many yeah. times with Traquan Smith and Rahid, Rashid Shahid. Shahid, sorry, it's just like stumbling the words together. It's a tongue time. twister. It's a tongue it's twister. A tongue twister. Say that ten times fast. But no, I mean in general, like these aren't the guys. And uh, At Perry is that guy. We already saw it in a preseason game too. I'm a little sad we're seeing it now, but at the same time, he's still going so late. It's so free at the end of drafts and in dynasty. It's already pretty much too late for him. Uh, you either have him or you don't. Uh, if you could pick him up in a dynasty league right now, I really highly suggest you do, but I assume he's already rostered. Although I did get him in like the fourth and fifth round in every dynasty league I was in. It was a free wide receiver. And no, I'm sorry. We're done with the Michael Thomas thing. I I, I know Joe really keeps wanting to preach it, but I'm really glad he's not here to fucking be like, ah, oh, Michael Thomas. 
at least three years, man. Like, I don't know what the number is, but it's somewhere between one and three years of not playing football. And it's that, that three that killed everything. So, uh, Get A.T. Perry, man. Uh, I know it's it, probably in a 10-man league. It's going to feel weird to have him. But let's just see what happens week one. Let's see where Michael Thomas is at. Well, if I mean, if the thing is, is if he's free anyway and you need an end-of-the-bench player that, you know, or even if you need to, like, on ESPN or Sleeper, just tap that little star where it's like, look, you know, keep the, your eye on them, players. I don't know what they call that because um, I don't play on ESPN Q, as much. The Q, I don't know, whatever. The, the queue, the watch list, whatever it's called. Um, A.T. Perry is the, exactly the kind of guy that you want on that list. Just in case there's one wide receiver on the Saints, now that Joe's back, I can say this again. One wide receiver on the Saints that maybe is notorious for not coming through and playing an entire season, A.T. Perry could potentially come in and be the number two guy on this offense if everything shakes out well. I like what he did in the first preseason game. It seems very Hunter Renfro of Derek Carr, except bigger. Go draft A.T. Perry for whatever these guys said. He's awesome. Oh, Joe's here. Hey. All right, Joe, what's your last? What's Dick Gala to come back? I think Kim Kardashian. Never mind. Anyway, um, go ahead and uh, give us your last layaway, Joe. Quickly. Uh, The last layaway, if my internet will play ball with me, is Zay Flowers. Um, Baltimore, uh, he has a very easy path to wide receiver one. Odell Beckham. Very injury prone, older. Rashad Bateman, I love him coming out of Minnesota, but he's more of a one-trick guy on their team. Mark Andrews, you can make the case as wide receiver one. He has proven it thus far, but Zay Flowers is shifty, quick, uncoverable, and just an athletic freak of nature. He's an older rookie coming out. He stayed to get his degree, which I'm sure NFL teams love. I know the college teams loved it. Based on his athleticism alone and where he is going, I will take a shot on that every single time. Give me Zay Flowers. You will be pleasantly surprised. Uh, give me week seven, and he'll be a regular start for you. Oh, wow. He's calling Man. a shot. I love it. I'll take a fireball bet on that just for fun. I don't even know what that means, but we're just going to do it for fun. So okay. it's just it seems so specific. Uh, but honestly, I will be honest with you. I'm I'm in on all Baltimore Ravens wide receivers for their current ADP. Even Odell, except for where he's actually going to get drafted, because like where he's actually ranked and where he's actually going to get drafted is completely different, just because of namesake alone. But if we actually get to wide receiver fifty and Zay Flowers, Bateman, and Odell are still there, I will add them to the end of my bench. They are an easy add for for me. Like I, I Zay Flowers, obviously the most athletic on the team. Bateman obviously had some injury concerns in the past. And Odell is more of a one-trick pony, personally. But I, I feel like if he act, he's actually ranked like seven or eight below the two of them, but he's going to go before both of them. So Zay Flowers is really the steal of the draft. But then honestly, I'm also in on Bateman in our re- in our our home league draft. Bateman went in the 19th round, mainly because we have position caps and obviously, but I mean, it was six wide receivers on each team, and Bateman still went in the 19th round. I mean, people are just so out on Baltimore wide receivers, which. This is the first time they've actually had more than one. I mean, and really even one, if you want to call it that, because because Bateman and back in the day really never worked out. And in the past, it's been, you know, this one guy or that one other guy. And he, he might be good. And then we had Devin Duvernay last year. It was weird. It was a weird ride for Lamar. But he has three wide receivers who at least can play a role in his passing game and support him. And I, they're so cheap. And I think it's because it's the mobile quarterback thing. Lamar can't throw, blah, 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 blah. 
we've seen Lamar Jackson be a really phenomenal quarterback. If anything, he, other than Jalen Hurts, is probably the best passing mobile quarterback out there right now, unless you count Josh Allen. Uh, but I also count Josh Allen as more of a pocket presence guy who just runs up the middle once he the pocket breaks down. So, I don't know. Super excited about Baltimore's cheap-ass wide receivers. Yep. Yeah. Nope. You're completely right. I'm 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 in complete agreement with that. I'm a huge fan of Zay Flowers. Um, his quarterback in college was god awful at Boston College. Watching him play football in college was just unfortunate because he was so good and his quarterback was so not. So, I, yeah, I'm very excited to see what he can do with Lamar this year. Um, like Joe said, all the coaches liked him because he did stay in college. He was a very great interview for everyone. So, yeah, it's an easy no-brainer. I don't think you're going to get anything. You know, there's no injury bug or anything coming in. No Rashad Bateman situation. Uh, yeah, I like everything about this. And he's, yeah, a steal right now, just completely free almost. And it's exactly what Todd Munkin wants to get his guys into space and let them create, and that is who Zay Flowers is. You know who Zay Flowers reminds me of? And I'm not I'm not comping him to this as his play or anything, but just his overall hype coming into the draft. This is Justin Jefferson right here. And I'm not saying he's going to break out and be wide receiver one in the future. I'm saying his stock right now, pre-draft, is someone's going to draft him. He's not going to break out in week one, week two. Someone's going to drop him. He's going to break out. And then it's going to be a scramble drill to get him on your team. Because that's exactly what happened with Justin Jefferson. I don't know. I don't know what week it was. Maybe it was two. Maybe it was three. I actually had Justin Jefferson year one in one of our redraft leagues and dropped him like an idiot. Because I was like, ah, I didn't do it. And I will highly suggest do not fucking do that with Zay Flowers. Because there's a very <laughs> good chance that we do that again. Not saying once again, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Randy Moss said he's the best receiver in the league. And he's absolutely right. He is. So naturally, do not take. Dr- do not drop Zay Flowers week two. Glad he could break three. that news for us. That Randy Moss, he's a he's a saint for saying that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, he I mean, interviews himself. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Uh, yeah. So that's our our stayaways and layaways. I do think there's another layaway in Tank Dell. We didn't even mention him, but he's getting so much hype right now. I don't think we need to even mention it. Um, what he's been doing throughout this preseason, like the Texans brass is making sure everyone knows the name Tank Dell. So we don't even have to do that one, but he is a good layaway as well. Um, pretty, pretty free player there. Um, all right. This was a fun week, guys. Post Expo is like the most fun I have talking about uh, fantasy football. This is just like one of the most magical times right before the draft start. Just got done with the expo. We got preseason football coming in. We got DraftKings lineups flying out, even though it's preseason and nobody knows who the hell's even playing. It's it's a fun time right now. I, it's just the best time for like the the fantasy football expo means football is around the corner. I mean, we're still two and a half weeks away from actual live NFL football. Actually, three weeks because it's Thursday, so three weeks away from real live NFL regular season football, but I just love that it's this close. I can taste it at this point. Best time of the year. All right, Joe, uh, on a delay, can you get us out of here? Good night. Send me internet, please. I need it. Bye. (laughs) 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.